Thank you for joining me and stepping up to your potential. I'm Sandra Robinson. Identity, our biggest liability. Hi, guys. This post is a continuation of the ideas which was started in the previous episode called Identity, Our Greatest Asset. Don't worry, though. You don't have to go back and listen to it if you don't want to, because I have a recap here. One, it is the role of identity to inform us of who we are. This includes ideas such as what we're allowed to do, who we should associate with, what ideas are acceptable to claim, what jobs are accessible to us, what roles we need to play in our culture or society, and much more. Two, identity is so deeply rooted in our psyche that its power cannot be overestimated. People will kill to protect it, and it can provide the ability to survive otherwise devastating situations. I'll say again, the power of identity cannot be overstated. However much power you think it has, triple it, quadruple it even. Three, identity is deep, rooted, embedded, a core concept. That means it's not fully within the waking mind's ability to control or even recognize the full extent of what is really hidden within this area of ourselves. Four, identity is not any one thing. Beyond the concept of me, there is no single idea which contains all the pieces of identity. Imagine that your idea of me of who you are, is held up by structural scaffolding, placed there piece by piece as you grew up. Each piece of scaffolding is a single aspect of identity. I used examples such as gender, race, nationality, religion, etc. to illustrate that each one of these has elements of identity. And when you stack together the entire pile of them, that's when you start to see the biggest picture. That's when you start to see you. Five, identity is so core that if something happens to shatter our idea of who we are, even in part, it can be psychologically devastating. Sometimes called a crisis of faith or a dark night of the soul or ego as the case may be, this is a time where everything we thought we knew about ourselves, the world, how it all works, everything is called into question. Remember the scaffolding idea in which each board is a different aspect of what we've chosen to live by? Breaking even a part of that scaffolding can be scary, terrifying, and unsettling. Now imagine how damaging it would be to have the entire foundation kicked out. 6. For every little piece of identity that exists, there's at least one story that goes with it, usually more. These stories inform you what is and is not acceptable, expected, right, and proper. The identity name is like a shorthand to invoke the guidance these stories represent. The exercise included in the last episode was to play a game in which you list out as many identities for yourself as you can, and from them, list the stories that you could think of that go with them. The more you know about these underpinnings of your perspectives and perceptions of the world, the better you'll be able to start intentionally using these. 7. It goes without saying that when you have hundreds of stories underpinning things, they won't always agree with or even corroborate each other. They will conflict. They do conflict. For the most part, we don't notice this because we figured out how to make them work together for us. This is usually highly individualistic, so your full reconciliation is unique to you. 
Having those conflicts pointed out tends to make people uncomfortable. And when you find this discomfort in yourself, it becomes yet another tool that you can consciously use to learn more about what makes you tick. Now that the basic concepts which were covered previously have been reviewed, let's dig a little deeper into the idea that identity can be as much of a liability as it can be an asset. The conclusion previously was that identity can be a major asset if it's consciously and intentionally worked with. While that sounds like a simple concept, it's deceptively difficult. Why? Recall point number three, where all the various pieces of identity are so deeply rooted as to be intertwined with the very core of us. It's not so easy to just claim something and make it happen. If that were the case, positive mantras would get a lot more traction. In the last post, I used my friend as the example in which he embraced a new identity of I am someone who goes to the gym regularly. What I didn't mention then is that he was able to adopt this new aspect of identity being embraced by leveraging one which was already active for him. He took a piece of identity already present and expanded it to include a new aspect. In his case, he's prior service military and loved being a soldier. So, I am a soldier is very much an active identity for him. When he worked to bring in, I am one who goes to the gym, he was actually leaning on the soldier to do it because soldiers have to remain fit if they are to serve. Indeed, he has a military PT specs readily available and would reference them after workouts to see just how he did. So yes, he definitely embraced a new identity, but he was so successful so quickly at it because he was able to leverage one which was already present. Would he have had the same success without that? Unless he found a new, already present aspect to work with as a foundation, it would likely have been much harder. Most definitely possible, but more challenging. Embracing new identity isn't as simple as just stating it to be the case. Some aspect of you has to see where it fits. And this is where the liability part of identity begins to really come into play. Did you happen to notice the phrasing, I am, mentioned several times above? This is identity language, and it's used in all kinds of instances where the power of the statements isn't typically fully recognized. For me, this was most recently illustrated when discussing the concept of self-limiting beliefs. These are ideas that we have about ourselves which actually hold us back from achieving our full potential. What are some examples? I am too young or too old. I am too fat or too out of shape. I am not smart enough. I am not experienced enough. As I was listening to these statements and to the stories that people were sharing that illustrated them, it suddenly struck me that these are not simply beliefs, but rather they're far more powerful than that. These were identities. By holding them, believing them, strengthening them every time they are said or thought, then we are setting our entire subconscious mind loose to help us reinforce and bolster them through experience and observation without our awareness of it. Every aspect of our non-conscious psyche is guided by identity. Until you actively and intentionally confront this functioning aspect, the subconscious self, you have no idea just how powerful it truly is. Imagine that the flow of energy which makes up the entirety of you is a raging river. Our identities, the entire gestalt of them, forms the river walls which help channel that torrent into a specific direction. 
Your conscious intention is rather like you trying to wade into that flooded river and expecting that your presence alone will be enough to alter the course of it. When you want to make changes to this river of you, you have to leverage what's already there and actively, patiently alter it through repetition, intention, awareness, and desire. Simply saying something, even when using the powerful I am identity language, isn't enough by itself. Leverage it wherever possible by attaching the new idea onto something already there, just as my friend attached his gym-going behaviors to being a soldier. In addition to leveraging existing identities in order to bolster new identities, you can use your own past history of successes in order to reinforce that an identity that you want is actually already within you. You just have to see it, and then you're using your own experience as proof that it's there. So there's two different ways that you can leverage it. I'm sure there's plenty more, and I'd love to hear some of your experiences. If you're not sure that a statement is actually an identity statement, try rephrasing it. For example, the statement of I am too old can be restated as my identity of being too old disallows me from pursuing what I want, or my identity of being too old is the reason I can't or I have to do something. Go through your personal list and try it out. Examples would be, I am X, which means I can't do Y, or I am X, which means I can only do Y. The exercise for this episode is to seriously consider your own self-limiting beliefs or identities. No censorship, no judgment. I know that's a hard one, but you can do it. Just list them out. The next part is to see if you can restructure your statement into an obvious identity statement, which is what I did just a moment ago. Doing so will make it more obvious and easier to pick up on moving forward. Know that you likely won't get them all on the first sitting. More will pop up over time. That's fine. That's great, actually, because it means you're ready to start facing them. Remember that each identity carries a story. What story comes to mind when you say one of those ideas you listed? Almost every I am statement is actually a statement of identity. What I am are you claiming? Is that what you want to claim? So convert this liability into an asset. Go from being unaware that the powerhouse that is you is working to confirm ideas which get in the way of your stepping up and instead become very aware that every single time you use the phrase I am what are you really saying? What energy are you invoking with those thoughts? Are those thoughts and intentions one that you actively want to bring forth? And be very aware of what you're claiming. For example, I saw someone claiming, I am a job seeker. The subconscious mind will take that as meaning, I am a person who seeks jobs, not, I am a person who is employed. Just be aware of the larger picture regarding what I am you choose to embrace. The goal is to do what we can to bring the full power and might of the whole subconscious mind or the flow of that river from the analogy to help us achieve what we're really capable of. It's much easier to work with energy moving in the direction that we already want to go rather than having to fight ourselves. With all of the discussed assets and liabilities in mind, seriously consider who are you? I hope you found value in today's episode. You could really help me out by liking this or subscribing to the podcast. 
The more likes and subscribers it gets, the more the word about stepping up to your potential spreads. This podcast is available through iTunes and Stitcher, and each episode is also transcribed and available in print format on my website at sandrarobinson.com. Leaving a review or a comment at any available location would leave me ecstatic. Until next time, always remember, live boldly and keep stepping up. You got this.